to be open to the young people to see how even uh, last night in the gospel meeting, I guarantee you that's the ones that are going to come in. You know, we're pretty crazy here. You know, it's a pretty crazy thing we're in. So don't expect people over 30 to come this way. Don't. If you understand what I mean, don't waste your time. Of course, if you find one that's open, give them everything you got. But the ones that are going to be open are the young people. So we need to be burdened. You know, again, I would say, you know, just, uh, I found out recently, we talked, you know, the guy that, uh, that, uh, jumped out of the helicopter over the state fair worked at Roger's car yeah. <coughs> and it, it, he did get to call on the Lord before he left he was really messed up but uh, that just shows you see uh, he was so messed up emotionally but at least probably he got saved because Roger was there speaking to a young person you see he was so messed up he still jumped out of the helicopter and killed himself yes there's so many young people like this that they don't know what to do. The age today is an age of confusion. It really is. And especially with the young people. They see the economy. They see the world situation. They don't know, what am I going to do? What kind of job? What kind of this? You know, everybody's talking the blues and everybody's glum and everything's down. This is the time to preach the gospel, especially to the young people. Not only give out the papers, we've got to get out the tracks, we've got to get them by the collar and get them here. You know? There have been very few young people that have come to this Saturday night meeting that haven't enjoyed it. Very few. Or to any of the meetings. We've got to get them here. So we need to pray, be open to the Lord, and bring them. Amen. Well, we want to continue uh, what we've been having as far as a kind of little... Uh, history of the Lord's recovery. Praise the Lord. Especially uh, in this country and uh, as a personal testimony of what, how the Lord started here and uh, what He's been doing since. We've been uh, taking a lot of detail and it's not going too fast. Maybe we can go a little faster. Anyway, our burden is that we would see what we are in is not a small thing. That this is something that started with Brother Watchman Nee. Actually, it started with the Lord way back with Martin Luther because the things got so dark, Martin Luther was raised up. Then from there, we had the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the different ones, uh, uh, Count Zinzendar and the Moravian Brethren and the others who had some uh, experience in the church life with the Plymouth Brethren, the inner life people, all the ones, it, it leads up to 1920 with Watchman Nee, who the Lord used him to recover the container to hold all the riches. Praise the Lord, the ground of the church. Of course, Watchman Nee experienced much, much life. He was very deep in life, but he also saw the need of the church to contain this life, and actually this life is for the church. It goes both ways. The church contains the life, and the life is for the church. And actually, the life produces the church. Well, through Brother Nee, now it has been, you see, from 1922 up until now, 1982. Almost the Lord's recovery has been moving now in, in this century for almost 60 years. And it is not decreasing. It is increasing. So we do believe this is the Lord's final move. We do believe it's His final move on the earth. 
Because, you see, the world situation, everything, plus the prophecies, everything, we don't have that much time. Really, we don't. So what is the Lord going to do? What is the Lord going to do on the earth today? If He's going to come back, He must have a bride prepared. So He started 60 years ago, actually, to really produce something in a solid way with His recovery. As we mentioned, with the uh, uh, New Testament apostles, what they had didn't last 60 years. From the start of the book of Acts, you see, it became degraded within 40 years. It didn't last that long if you figure from the start of the book of Acts was around uh, 33, 34 A.D. or 35. You add 40 years to that is 75. By that time, the Apostle Paul was close to being martyred. You see? And uh, before he was martyred, he said all Asia had turned against him. The churches were already turning, becoming degraded. By, uh, you see... By the time the Lord's recovery is what I'm trying to say has reached the point that it has reached now, 60 years, the church that had started so great in the New Testament was already degraded. Yet the Lord's recovery is increasing more and more and more. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. This recovery is to recover the oneness. The Lord prayed in John 17, we mentioned these verses several times on the Lord's Day evening, that they all may be one. Amen. His prayer will be answered, at least by a remnant that there would be some to come back to this oneness to experience Him and to take Him as everything. Well, we mentioned how Brother Lee came to this country in 1962 and something began to start in Los Angeles, of course. And then also in 1962, what began to happen here in this area of the country as some of us were in a little small school in uh, the Panhandle of West Texas. There... You know, the Lord, for some reason, I don't know why, I still don't know why, because we are definitely, we're not any better, any deserving than anyone. It was just the Lord's sovereign choosing. He, he sent a large group of people to a small little school. Uh, and we've already shared what happened. You know, Benson was there. Ben McPherson was there. Of course, Elton Carr was there, quite a number. We've already mentioned all the names. Well, uh, since that time, of course, we shared. Then after we heard Brother Lee, after Major Thomas came, and we began to see something of life, and we had a year of that, then we heard Brother Lee, and we realized this is what the Lord is leading us to do. So we quit our job. I believe we got that far, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Put our car job the same day Kennedy was shot, November 22nd, 1963. And we prepared to go to Los Angeles for the December conference of 1963. That's all we knew. We hadn't seen the church yet. We wasn't that clear. But we knew we had to go this way. So we prepared during that time. We played the tapes, as I mentioned, of the time I heard Brother Lee and Tyler in November of 63. For about 30 students came to my home for about a three-week period, night after night. Night after night, we listened to this man. You could hardly understand his English. Hmm. Night after night for three weeks. And out of that time, there were six of us 
actually, it began with about 16 that were going to go. But as uh, the time came closer, everybody began to cancel out because they didn't know where they were going. Now, I don't blame them. Uh, and of course, some of them never made it. But uh, it ended up six of us were going to go to Los Angeles. After hearing this time, and I think I mentioned it, uh, Ben McPherson, he was just about uh, 19 at that time, I'm not sure, 20. Ray Graver, they, those two were with me. And then uh, Rodney Phillips borrowed Benson's car. Because Benson was now in Dallas, going sometime to the seminary and involved some of some navigator stuff. But Benson, he wouldn't go. But he loaned his car to Rodney. So Rodney had in his car Max Hale and Joe Young. So that was the six of us that went to Los Angeles in November 63. Again, I want to tell you, I didn't see the church at this time. I didn't see it. Uh, Jim Colvin and Elton Carr had uh, begun to spend some time in the normal Christian church life together and to meet together uh, just to have some fellowship together. But my concept still had been that you must get this into the denomination for some time after that book came out until I heard Brother Lee. Of course, I heard him in November. Then we were busy the whole time, you know, reproducing tapes, getting them ready for all these students to listen to night after night after night from November until the time I had agreed to... Uh, terminate my job. Another thing is I had no idea what I was going to do. You know, I had a wife and two children, two small little boys. Very little. And, uh, you know, you just don't quit your job. Or how are you going to support your children? How are you going to do anything? But I did. <laughs> I quit my job and I mentioned in the conference then, right before we left, I had to speak in one place and I really got the encouragement from that song, Higher Ground. And uh, I really saw I couldn't stay. I had to go. I had to go. I didn't know what I was going to, but praise the Lord, we went. So the six of us went to Los Angeles in December of 1963. And uh, as I mentioned a little bit, at this time Ray was not clear at all. Ben really saw something of the life. He was so open to Brother Lee, he was ready to quit anything and go anywhere. But Ray wasn't clear about anything. He had not been there when Major Thomas had been there. He did not see life that clearly. He just didn't have enough money to go home for the Thanksgiving holiday, so he went with us. <laughs> for the uh, December holidays. I don't even want to use that word. Uh, so he went with us. I didn't realize this at the time. I thought he was kind of more open, but I found out later from Ben, no, he, had, he was going to prove the whole thing was a fraud. You know, right. He's on something. He's on to it. He spent a lot of time arguing with Brother Lee, too. We'll get to that. So we went to this conference. I had no idea what I was getting into, what I was going to. So we arrived, and they worked out where we were staying, hospitality. We we got there. Of course, I'd never even been to Los Angeles before. You can get lost on those freeways. And uh, I was just a small town boy. <laughs> we got there, uh, and they got there. Two different cars we went at three different times. This was the Volkswagen we were in. 
that uh, we like to froze to death. <laughs> 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 it was cold in that thing. It just needed one of those little connections from the meter to the pipe that comes up there. But I didn't know it was something so uh, simple. I thought that thing would work. Anyway, we froze to death, especially going into, into the Arizona. Well, yeah. We went around Flagstaff and that way. Got a heater in December. <laughs> we drove straight through. Ben and Ray and I taking turns. And some of us were sleeping in the back of the supposed <laughs> But anyway, we got there. Okay, I knew one thing that I mentioned. I knew Brother Lee. That's all, and I was going to hear him in this conference. So they prepared the hospitality for us. The first man we met was John Ingalls. We went to his house, and there was a little Chinese man by the name of Samuel Chang. We met him. Amen. And uh, we still didn't know what we were doing. But so we came to the first meeting. And uh, I said, what have I got yeah. People were saying, Amen. <laughs> Rolling. You know, everything. I just wasn't used to, you know, a sudden bath. <laughs> <laughs> kind of noise. <laughs> and actually, you have to realize at that time, there was more Chinese than there were Caucasians in a sense. But there were, at this conference, there were more Caucasians, actually. But, you know, it seemed, uh, you know, more Oriental, kind of, and uh, this noise and groaning. Everything. I thought, Am I in something Pentecostal? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a 10-day conference, morning and evening, with an afternoon time for questions and answers. That's where Ray got into it. Because <laughs> he was majoring in psychology. <laughs> and uh, so we, uh, 10 days, we heard from him morning and evening. And at this time, he brought out the matter of the ground of the church so clearly we couldn't miss it. We just couldn't miss it. We've seen life, now we begin to see we had to take the way of the truth. Of course, like I say, at first, Ray couldn't see anything. He would argue with Brother Lee and the question and answer. He would ask him questions and try to catch him and this and that. And Ben got so mad, he wanted to send him back. <laughs> he talked to me privately. He says, why did he come? He's causing trouble. <laughs> but eventually, something happened. And something broke. And Ray got some life. Amen. But he did. Anyway, not clear. But it was more to the very end. It took ten days. But at the end of the ten days, we were clear. <coughs> See, we had to come back to Texas and begin to meet as the church where we were. Yet here we are, you know, we were all solid members of the denomination where we were even going to this school there. Everything. Of course, I had already quit my job, but still I didn't know anything what to do either. So uh, we came back and we began to meet. We decided we weren't going to tell any of that third <coughs> that had been coming to listen to the tapes Brother Lee, before we went, what we were going to do. We knew two that would be ready to meet. That was Elvin Carr and, and Jim Colton. Because they had gotten into the normal Christian church life actually more than we had. So we told them we were going to meet and we started meeting first on Sunday afternoon so we wouldn't interrupt anybody else's meeting. And uh, we began to meet. But before long, we just couldn't meet Sunday afternoon. 
we had to start meeting uh, Thursday morning, Thursday evening. And uh, in other words, we quit. We totally quit going to any of our denominational meetings. And when we began to meet together, we started with six. And within two weeks, there were 25, 25 meetings. Because all of those ones began to see. And we didn't know anything to do but to pray and to sing. That's all. Just pray. So we brought one of a kind of a hymn book that some things printed up of uh, that we had brought one back. And we tried to reproduce several songs of a little mimeograph sheet. There was about ten songs on it. We really wore those songs out. <laughs> but we would pray and sing. That's all. I wasn't about to share anything. I, I wasn't going to share. What are you going to share? I'm not going to speak. I have any kind of speaking. We just pray. We sung. And we prayed. And mostly pray. We just pray, pray, pray. But those means. And of course, we declared we're taking the ground of the church and blame you, Texas. Amen. Amen. And uh, like I say, around 20 started meeting with us. And before long, all 20 gave up all denominations. Gave up everything. Not all were Southern Baptists, but most were. <clears throat> but we all gave up everything. We just began to meet as this little group. And uh, we just didn't know what we were doing, but we were enjoying the Lord. I have to tell you, those <coughs> meetings were so enjoyable. I would have never gone back. I would have stayed till the Lord came with that group of 20 people. Now, of course, Benson wasn't in on this, but he heard what we were doing, and he heard, I talked to him on the phone, and he said, well, he said, you know, when you all started this, doing this and started talking about leaving and this and that, he said, I made a study of the book of Acts. And he said, I studied the book of Acts thoroughly. And he said, I cannot find anything wrong with you, what, what you do. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you study the book of Acts thoroughly. <laughs> but he still wasn't quite that uh, clear. Like I mentioned, he almost came along to hear Brother Lee in November, but he, he changed. But still, he was keeping in touch with us all along. And of course, his brother Rodney was meeting with us. And by this time, uh, Ray and Marilyn had gotten married. And they, uh, and Anita McPherson also had shown up on the scene. She was not in Wayland, but she was from Plainview. And somebody, I forgot who, had met her and brought her to one of our meetings. And she liked it immediately, and Ben liked her immediately. <laughs> <laughs> she kept coming before long they got married. This all happened within a six month, eight month period after we began to meet. Of course, uh, so we started meeting in January of 1964. In January of 1964, we began to meet. And uh, I'd say within two weeks' time, we had 20. You know, you can have a good meeting with 20. Yeah. A real good meeting. Yeah. And all we did was pray, pray, and pray some more, and sing, and pray. We really didn't have much testifying. We didn't know how to testify. We didn't know how to do anything. But we learned how to exercise our spirit by praying. We had to realize at this time, we did not have calling on the Lord. And we did not have pray reading the Word corporately. We only had to pray and to say amen and to pray and say amen and to pray together and to say amen. And we learned to exercise our spirit just by doing this. And uh, as I mentioned, when I heard Brother Lee in November, one of the uh, messages that he gave was how to feed upon the Lord in the Word. So I took that message and I listened to it. You don't catch it right away. 
quite simple to pray over the Word, to pray with the Word, to pray about the Word. That's simple. But you don't get it. And I listened to that tape in our home. Of course, uh, by that time when we started the meeting, I didn't have a job. I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, I'll tell you later what happened. Anyway, uh, I listened to that tape again and again and again and began to, to, I began to catch it. You're supposed to pray the Word. You know, and pray over and pray with the Word. Use the Word for your prayer. And uh, many of you, probably maybe all of you by now, have heard my first experience with this because I decided to try it with Psalm 23. And so I started in the morning time, started with Psalm 23, and I was going to pray it. I'd never, I'd memorized Psalm 23. I'd read some, heard sermons on Psalm 23, but I'd never prayed Psalm 23. So I began to pray, The Lord is my shepherd. And I said, Oh Lord, you are my shepherd. Thank you, Lord. You are my shepherd. Oh Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, it began to taste good. I never tasted anything like that. But I was going, The Lord! Look who's my shepherd! The Lord's my shepherd! The Lord's my shepherd! And I said, I shall not walk. Of course I shall not walk! If the Lord's my shepherd, what I want! So I just enjoyed the Word. Praying the Word. Tasting the Word. And I spent three weeks in that one song. Praying so I begin to taste something of praying, eating, feeding on the Lord in the Word. So we continued, you know, we started meeting. Uh, I guess I've gotten so detailed. <laughs> Continue in detail. Uh, actually, you see, I had no, I'd already quit my job. I'd had to, my vacation was the two weeks I went to Los Angeles. So how was I going to support my life and family? I didn't know. I planned to go to uh, back to Texas Tech, which was 40, 50 miles away from Lubbock, to get my uh, educational requirements. I had a degree in history. That was all. Plus a seminary degree. It wasn't worth anything. <laughs> and uh, so I planned to do that. But something happened. I uh, had to go see my dad. Of course, he, he didn't know what I'd done yet. And uh, he was very unhappy. I told him because he had sent me through college. He had sent me through seminary. He was a lawyer in West Texas. Still is. And uh, I had to go tell him. I quit, left the denomination. His dad was a circuit rider, Baptist preacher, years back. So he had been on the Baptist for years and all of this. When I told him I just left everything, he wasn't too happy. He didn't say it to me, he just told Virginia. He told her it's like I bought him a, a white suit. That was the seminary. And he just rolled in the mud with it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time rolling in the mud. <laughs> but when I told him, you know, now, you know, I quit my job, I had no job. Well, then he told me this. Very interesting. He said, well, he said, in November. And I checked to see November when. It was the same time I was hearing Brother Liam Tyler. In November of 1963, the very same week, he turned over a cattle truck. Well, you know, he's a lawyer, ranger, and 
and he had an empty cattle truck on Ranger Hill. You know where Ranger Hill is? <laughs> he turned over a cattle truck there. And he wasn't hurt, but it made him realize he could, you know, this could be gone anytime. So he began as a lawyer, and at that time you could do this, you can't do it now, but he began because to save the inheritance taxes, you could, uh, at that time, you could start, you could turn your all your holdings over to your children as a gift, and you keep it as a trustee. And still, when you die, they get it without inheritance tax. It's kind of a legal thing, which uh, I think because of him, they changed the law. Because <laughs> he did it for a lot of people. Anyway, he started when he realized, you know, he could go, and then he has uh, he had some kind of oil royalties he had picked up as a lawyer. So at that time in November, when he had that uh, accident, at the same time I was hearing Brother Lee, he started the legal proceedings so that I would start getting some oil royalties, which started in January of 1964. Of course, it wasn't that much. It was about $150 a month. But still, uh, something like that. I took that as something from the Lord. That he did not want me to go to jail. And I have to say, from that time until now, I have never had to go out and physically work to get a job to support my wife and children. And he has, the Lord has done more, I'll tell you more, than I could ever ask or think. And uh, so we just begin to trust him and live on $150 a month. Wow. Well, in 1964, you could almost do it. <laughs> Almost. Of course, our house payment was $125 a month. But uh, there were different things like, uh, you know, the Lord just provided in different ways, like we could get meat free from our ranch and other things. So we made it for a while. Then we met there for eight months with these students. And Brother Lee came to see us in April of 64. He came to visit a little group of playing <laughs> students mainly, meeting together. And at that time, Tim House was not hadn't been fully caught yet. He was meeting some with us, but he was strongly still in the nomination. But when Brother Lee came in April of 64, he was the BSU president, Tim House was at that time, but uh, he couldn't stand against that. So he gave up everything, resigned his job, and dived in with the rest of us. And... Uh, it was amazing. You know, we didn't we didn't uh, advertise Brother Lee's coming, but people came. People came. Remember, I don't know where they came from, but our house was full of people. Of course, some of the saints said things to different people. And a lot of funny people showed up. It seemed like all the funny ones showed up. <laughs> but there were one or two, I don't remember exactly, uh, that really got touched. Anyway, the main thing of his coming was just to strengthen our being there. Then, of course, actually I had met him in Albuquerque because I wasn't working. I met him in Albuquerque when he was there and he and uh, and uh, he was also in Odessa and that's where Francis Ball was and Francis Ball was caught, pretty close to being caught. He was still a pastor but he went to Francis Church that he was pastor. Mm-hmm. Brother Lee spoke there. <laughs> it was kind of a brethren type. It was Odessa Bible Chapel in Odessa, Texas. And uh, so I'd gone there, and then he came to Plainview next after that. And so I had been 
while he was in Albuquerque, then Odessa, and then when he came to Plainview, and they were driving. They drove all the way. Uh, Brother Chang was driving in his old Nash Rambler. <laughs> Sister Chang were driving Brother Lee on this trip. And uh, they'd already hit some ice and spun around. <laughs> Brother Lee got real sick in Albuquerque right before he was coming to Plainview. Uh, but anyway, had a lot of prayer. He got better. So he came, and then from Plainview, after the meetings in Plainview in April of 64, we went to Houston, Houston, Texas. And uh, we rented a motel there. And uh, there's some different people because of uh, the, remember, the Navigator Bible classes in Tyra. I told you about when Brother Lee first went there. They had some connections there. Anyway, a large number of people came to uh, the meetings there in Houston, including uh, some uh, kind of brethren or brotherly connected people who later became opposers. They came to the meeting and they became opposers later on. Anyway, uh, not too much came out of those meetings then in Houston. Then we went to, to Tyler and to Dallas. And when we went to Dallas in April of 1964, that's where Benson was. And so Brother Lee spoke in Dallas uh, just, I think, two or three meetings, but it was still connected with these Navigator Bible classes. And you've heard, you've heard Brother Lee tell the story. They told him, don't speak on the church. They told him, don't speak on the church. The people here are not ready for that. And so he was willing to go along. He just spoke life until the last message. He was speaking in Romans 8, mainly. And the last message, he just felt he had to speak on Romans 12. So he spoke on Romans 12. But of course, Vincent, he was just about already caught anyway. But that was the final capturing word. And Vincent gave up after that. After hearing Brother Lee speak that time in Dallas in April, Vincent was caught. So he was coming, going to move to Plainview. But as it was, there was the summer training in Los Angeles in July. And this was April. And they were working on this big house on Bonnie Bray Street to make it, it could only seat about 150 people, to have the July uh, conference and training there. So uh, Benson and Ben went early to Los Angeles and helped them work on that. So he didn't ever come to Plainview, actually. He went to, uh, to Los Angeles with Ben to go early. And during this time, I have to go during this eight months, we were in Plainview. I, uh, after I, you know, felt from the Lord that He did not want me to get a job, at least for then, since this money had come and it was coming regularly and there seemed to be the supply from the Lord, I wrote Brother Lee <coughs> and I told him I had the burden to move to Los Angeles. Of course, I couldn't leave all these students immediately, but I had the burden to come there. And he wrote me back and I told him about the financial situation, etc., what had happened. He wrote me back and he said, We strongly invite you to come. He said, The co-workers here are open to you. And we would really like to have you to come. So I made up that in my mind in prayer before the Lord and everything after that that I would move to Los Angeles <coughs> at the time of the summer conference and training of July 1964. And Elton Carr also, who was also older than the rest, uh, Elton and I were the oldest. And uh, by older, we mean 27, 28. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
So we moved, we planned to move to Los Angeles in July of 64. Of course, when we presented it to them, they weren't too happy about that. And they didn't, they weren't too uh, uh, open. Ben didn't like it. Ray liked it less than that. You know, it's hard to get through Ray. <laughs> so, actually, he was real strong about Ray to me, so we didn't push it too strong until we got that letter from Brother Lee. When we read that letter, then, of course, what can you say that letter? So I read the letter to the group, and that settled it. We were going. <laughs> but we knew, we knew, uh, especially, you see, now since Vincent would be there, that either the Lord would lead them to move to Los Angeles also, or else the Lord would continue to do something in Texas. So, and uh, after April, we all, the whole church went to the summer conference training. Every one of them. Every one went. Around 20 to 25, or maybe 30 at that time. Uh, we went to the summer conference training in Los Angeles. And there, we found two other Texans were there. Actually, they came a little later, but we never met any Texans other than the ones that we were and the ones we knew uh, that were coming from Tyler, which is just one. And we met a Texan there, and his name was Herman Massey. <laughs> he had his girlfriend there. Not his wife, but his girlfriend. Her name was Kathleen. <laughs> Kathleen Corp. And uh, they had had some contact with Benson and Barbara because they were both there, but also they had heard Brother Lee in Washington, D.C. that very summer of 64. And uh, they were there selling Bibles with the Navs. But anyway, they had gotten the word that he was there and they heard Brother Lee and through, uh, you know, they got the burden to come anyway. And Benson and Barbara had some contact with them too. Anyway, they showed up there. So here was somebody going to Baylor University. Showed up there. So we all got enthralled by that conference and training, which was mainly the book, The Economy of God. We heard those messages. The Economy of God in the summer of 1964. Then, of course, Vincent planned to go back to Plainview. And Herman and Kathleen were going to be in Baylor, so they would be in Waco. So they planned to go back there, but Barbara... Vincent's future wife was also in Baylor, although she was there that summer. So Vincent came back to Plainview for a while. Then he moved to Waco to stay there, and so that's how Waco started with four people. The church in Waco started with four, Vincent and Barbara, Herman and Kathleen, because that was later after the summer council training 64. Well, after we went there, you know, I'm, I'm making it a little faster. We went there, and uh, of course, we had moved there, and Elton had moved there, and that, that left them in Plainview. And to give you a little history of how things started in Texas, that's how it began. Of course, those first eight months, then there was this group in Plainview meeting. There was a group in Tyler that eventually Gene DeBerry came out of, and Bob Bynum, and that's about it as far as any that made it. The rest of them had plans for themselves, not for the Lord. Gene DeBerry came out of, and Bob Bynum, and that's about it as far as any that made it. The rest of them had plans for themselves, not for the Lord. 
And so their own plans for themselves, to promote themselves to be apostles and things like that, never panned out. And so only the only thing that came out of Tyler was Gene DeBerry and Bob Bynum. And James Stringer, right, James Stringer. Got him. Okay, those three came out of Tyler. Then there was a group in Plainview. There was also a group in Odessa that Francis was in for a while, but he also moved to Los Angeles, and the rest of them in Odessa didn't make it either. Uh, because of a, another person that was there. But eventually, you see, we ended up this way. Elton and I were in Los Angeles. And by that time, the church in Los Angeles was quite big. It almost had a hundred. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we still had 20 or 30 or so in Plainview. And now four in Waco, not too long after uh, the summer of 64. So this is where we were, and uh, probably next time we'll be able to cover more ground because this has got us now fully into the recovery. Amen. And then we can tell you what had happened at the same time in Los Angeles and in Texas. Mm -hmm. And as in the, during the 60s up till, uh, you know, until the present time, what the Lord has done. You know, there's over a thousand meeting in Texas right now just from that small group of students that started out. And uh, you know how many from Los Angeles has spread to the whole world. Yeah. Right now, but this was the beginning stages in this country and how the Lord sovereignly brought us uh, into it in a sovereign way. It was His choosing why any of us come in. It's the Lord's mercy. Yeah. Nobody knows. I knew a lot better brothers than I was. And I, after I heard Brother Lee, I took the tape recorder. I had one of these old bill, you know, reel-to-reel -reel in those days. This big reel-to-reel recorders, wall and sack. Yeah. And I'd carry it around and I'd play Brother Lee for all my friends. <laughs> I thought, well, all you got to do is hear it and you'll come right in. And then you think that? There was nothing to read much. Nobody. 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 Not anybody. Nobody. Not anybody. So, uh, but praise the Lord, the Lord did bring in those students. Amen. Hallelujah. So, by the summer, or getting to the fall of 1964, we were, had moved to Los Angeles, and that was a very hard experience, because Los Angeles is Los Angeles. We sold our house in Plainview, for the payments were $125 a month, for a three-bedroom brick, double-car garage, etc., you know, I bought it for seventeen five, and we sold it for four hundred dollars equity. I remember what we sold it for, and we spent it that summer going to Los Angeles. Well, I hadn't had the house for about a year; so it wasn't worth too much in those days. But anyway, we had the the living situation was very poor in Los Angeles. We stayed in for a year. We lived in an apartment at a very poor apartment with all kinds of terrible people lived there. Now he's getting into that. But we didn't care, really. We were there for the Lord's return. Praise the Lord. And uh, maybe next time we'll be able to wrap the whole thing up. All right, maybe make two more times to show how the Lord has spread then from this beginning in this country, in Los Angeles and now in Texas, especially from Los Angeles, to spread to all the, the, the five continents that the Lord recovery is today in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Amen. Maybe we can have a little sharing.